Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, the other two are just along for the ride. Three. <laughs> Forgot this is the banter session. <laughs> Kirk, say hi. Hello. Jane, say what's up. Hey. We are joined by Jordan Pacheco. You may have heard of him. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good. Is it okay if we call you coach today? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That was perfect. Coach. That's what I signed up for. So, yeah, let's do it. So, are you in New Mexico right now or where are you at? Yeah, we live in, uh, my family and I, we live in Albuquerque now. So, uh, that's where I'm from. And we moved back here at the, I think maybe at the beginning of last year. So, we've been here for a little bit. Yeah. So, with the lockout and stuff, what are you, what are you doing now? Are you hearing anything? Are you just kind of sitting and waiting? Um, just sitting, yeah, no, just sitting and waiting right now. I mean, you guys probably know as much as I do. Probably you guys probably know more than I do. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, just kind of waiting on when spring training is supposed to go, if big league spring training is happening, but obviously minor league spring training to go and that'll start up the uh, beginning of March. So at least we, you know, we're going to have baseball, which is good. So, and, and so that's, that's good. Yeah. Typically you would know, um, pitchers and catchers report middle of february and that's it's mm. a week away so we haven't heard anything so <laughs> we'll see what happens here i guess yeah that's it's not looking too good for that so but you know again we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed and everybody say your prayers at night and hopefully we can get this thing going yeah. well i mean other than the minor league guys that are battling for spots um major league guys i i, I bet they don't really mind taking the spring off a little bit or starting late i guess yeah, I mean, you know, the, the spring training gets a little long, so, but again, you, you, you know, there's there's obviously all the, the anticipation for it, especially for the young guys if it's their first spring camp and stuff, and you don't want to take that away from them. That's, that's something special, and they earned it, and so again, yeah, there's yeah. older guys, yeah, they don't want to be there for two months, but those younger guys, something special for them, so... Yeah, some guys are trying to make a team, so. Yep, yep, and they, they need as much time as they can, you know, especially getting yep. into spring. Some guys don't start off hot, some guys do, and yeah, so, yeah, it's a tough, tough situation, but. Right. Did you, with pitchers and catchers reporting early, were you reporting early, being the super utility corner plus catcher <laughs> you are? <laughs> Uh, no, I think I was going to just report with the position guys. So okay. they didn't, they didn't say anything about, you know, doing, helping any of the catch. And I mean, we got Jerry Weinstein, so he does all the catching, you know, he didn't order And we got Mark strip matter too. So those guys got it under control. Um, but yeah, if they ever asked me to do it, I would love to, to come and help. Yeah. Weinstein. He's still around, isn't he? He's been around forever. He, he's been around forever. Every time I see him, I, he doesn't age somehow. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I think he's still, cause he still surfs in the whatever, whenever he gets a chance to surf. He surfs. Seriously? Yeah. He lives in San Luis Obispo. So he's always out. I mean, I think he's 80 something. Yeah. <laughs> he's out there. That's crazy. <laughs> he's still doing it. Still wow. doing it. I thought he was 80 something when I was playing, but yes. <laughs> uh, that's, that's hilarious. Are you, um, you said you went back home. I know you grew up in Albuquerque, graduated from Albuquerque, went to U of NM, I guess, New Mexico. Yep. Are you back in your childhood home? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I got a family now, so I don't know if my parents would uh, allow that. I mean, they probably would love it. I got two little ones. so. Um, but we live really close. We live probably five minutes up the road. And uh, my my parents love it. They get to see their grandkids all the time. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a good spot and I'm happy to be here. I'm happy that we get to kind of stay in one place for, you know, first time in a while and I can just be able to coach and come home every night to, you know, the same house, which is mm -hmm. nice. So, so yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of positives here and I love this. Uh, I love this town. Something about it brings you back all the time. Yeah, I just want to say that when I heard that you were hitting coach for Albuquerque, like it just seemed like, the perfect fit for you, um, not only because you're a native there, but because you were kind of that journeyman type of player that spent a lot of time down there. And I'm just kind of curious, like, how that experience that you had is going to translate to your coaching with just like, I mean, I'm sure that's a mental grind constantly 
kind of on that fringe type of player. Um, and I, I just feel like you're going to fit into that role perfectly. Can you just kind of explain how that, that mental toll that, that has on you? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great, that's a great question. And that's kind of the reason, you know, when we, when I kind of got into this and like you said, it kind of just was kind of a perfect fit. A lot of these guys are going to be dealing with going up and down. A lot of these guys, you know, they're going to be starting families. They're going to, there's off the field stuff that they're going to have to be dealing with, with trying to fulfill their dream and get into the big leagues and then getting sent down and wondering why they got sent down and how can they get back up there? And, that was pretty much my career in a, in a nutshell right there. It was just that constant back and forth and, you know, how can I get better? What do I need to do? What position do I need to play? What glove do I need to buy next to, to get a chance? Um, so, and that's what these guys deal with and they're all good players. And that's, that's the thing too, that you got to explain to them is sometimes it's just the opportunity. Sometimes it's just getting a chance. And sometimes these guys, I've played with a lot of good players that, just never got that chance and never got that opportunity that one thing that just didn't happen for them but they could have easily played in the big leagues or they easily earned a shot so that's that's the tough part I think that's the really tough part about AAA is you got to stay focused and be in the moment and just try to win baseball games and whatever happens happens but again you're trying to get to that to the show you're trying to do what you've been trying to you you know you got on this ride for for you know when you were five years old so it's tough but yeah so that's that's the thing I think I hope I can help them with the most I mean the hitting stuff now I mean you guys see on Instagram we got hitting gurus all over the place so (laughs) that's uh, you know we know what the swing is we know how to teach the swing we know how to look at the numbers we know how to look at the data it's just how how to get these guys in the right mental space to perform every night and to be okay with you know what I, I got sent down it's okay I'll be back up there next week, you know, just keep that positive attitude. So I think that's my main goal. And that's my main job being here is to keep that, you know, not, you know, not have them ride that emotional roller coaster, have them, you know, steady, even keel. And hopefully I can help them do that because I know that's the only way you can play. That's the only way you can get back and keeping that positive attitude. And that's it. And I mean, I know it sounds like stuff you hear when you're 12 years old, stay positive. But man, you got to really do that when you're in AAA. You just, it's just tough. You can't get, can't get brought down. Yeah. I think when, um, when you were with the Rockies, the AAA affiliate at the time was um, Colorado Springs. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So what was your mentality approaching the altitude at all of those places um, as a player and now as a coach? Because Colorado Springs is higher than, than Denver is. And then Denver, of course, you know, being what it is and in Albuquerque he's just right there along with Denver mm-hmm. as far as elevation so how did you approach elevation as a player and how are you going to approach it now as a coach I think as a player it kind of was just like natural for me because I played in it my whole life so it was it was kind of just something I always did and I think that's why I, I was a contact hitter pretty much my whole career is you put the ball in play good things are going to happen especially at altitude so, you know, those were kind of some of the adjustments I had to make when I went to other leagues and, you know, other parts of the country. But, you know, especially playing here, yeah, that was that was my that was my main objective was just put the ball in play. But I know the game's changed since since then. It's not about average. It is, you know, average does matter, but there's so many other things we can look at. There's so many other things that we can help these guys get better with. And especially now we all the all the numbers on the pitchers and we can literally tell when you're swinging at bad pitches, good pitches, your approach, and nobody even has to look at video anymore. So, so yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, I, I have an advantage, I think, for being here. Just, I know how, you know, it's tough to play though, too. You know, you're playing an altitude every day. Body's not going to be as fresh all the time. Um, but me being the hitting coach, I can kind of regulate some of that, those things and make sure these guys aren't overworking themselves and that they're ready for seven o'clock and not five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like when you, I guess, what am I asking? So the three true outcomes right now, like you just said, the game's changed a lot since you were playing five, yeah. 10 years. What's your take on these three true outcomes? Like, are you, I guess, from a coaching perspective and then like an old ball player perspective, like, how are you going about where the game is right now? Like 
you're trying to make the contact hitters, trying to coach up contact or like the game is what it is. I'm going to help you everything you need to, to get to that next level. Um, just kind of your thoughts on that, that stuff. Yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely, uh, I think they, they know what wins baseball games and I, in as a team, but then there's, you know, what pays the player kind of thing right. too. Like there's, 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 there's different, there's different things that they look at. So, so yeah, I, but again, I'm trying to make them the best player they possibly can be. And if, you know, we see something that, that sticks out, especially with the numbers, which is great now, I, I never had that opportunity coming up. You know, it was like, you look up at the scoreboard, what's my average. Okay. I'm hitting 300. Okay. I'm doing well. Right. Now you can look at that and you'd be like, well, yeah, but you're not really helping the team score runs or you're not really, you know, hitting when it matters uh, mm-hmm. or you're, you know, you're chasing too much. Your plate discipline. Yeah. You're hitting 300, but you're, you're not swinging at pitches that you can drive. So I think it's just, I think it's great. I think it's great where the game's going. There's just more information, but it's how do you, how do you filter that? How do you filter that to the player and how do you give them enough where they know that you're, you're really trying to help them and, you know, you're not holding anything back, like to make them a better player, because, you know, I've always felt that when I was playing that, you know, they know more than I do. Like, what, what can I do? What can I do? And the coaches said, I'll just keep playing, keep playing. Now we actually, we actually know what you can do better. We, we can look and we can see. And if maybe if you hit the ball a little bit harder, yeah, your, your slugging's going to go up. Your ISO is going to go up. Your, you know, your weighted on base, it's going to be better. You're going to actually help the team score runs. We're going to be more efficient that way. So, yeah, I think it's great, but I think you got to, you know, and that was tough for me the last probably like three or four years is just kind of learning all this stuff and mm-hmm. what do I think matters and what do I think makes a good hitter. And that's kind of why I wanted to keep playing just so I could understand that stuff. And I think now I have a good grasp of it and now kind of being on the other side and being able to actually have access to all that stuff. I think, I think I can help guys on that aspect and make sure they look good on paper and that they're actually helping the team win. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Like there's a learning curve for you. Like kind of like you said, like these stats are new to you. Like it's, and I think that gets lost by fans, by people like analytics are cool. Like we have all these numbers now, but like it's new to most people. Not everybody knows how to use numbers. Not everybody knows how to make them better. So I guess you've mentioned it, but like, what have you done these last few years, like to really dive into that, this new number system for yourself to like really help you with the coaching piece? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started literally with myself and like, what, why was I not in the big leagues? Why was I not getting signed kind of thing? And I think you just go from there. You look at the physical part of pay. Is it something with my body is, and, you know, and this is kind of how, like, my process is now. It's like, is it something with my body? It's physical. Like, do I not have enough range of motion? Am I not strong enough? And then you check those boxes and you go and, you know, do whatever you need to do with that. Get with a chiropractor. Get with somebody who can analyze your body. Then you, you know, intellectually, okay, is my approach. How is my approach? Is my approach match um, my numbers and what I'm swinging at the best? Am I swinging at the pitches that I actually drive the best? You know, am I being a smart hitter when I'm studying the, the reports and then it goes kind of to the psychological thing too like am I confident in what I'm doing do I believe in this okay then all right then kind of like okay can I regulate my emotions when I'm looking over all this stuff and when I'm at the plate and when I'm actually in the game like what's that process look like and so those are all kind of the things that you know I've been able to kind of learn and dive into and then that's helped me I've been able to use all that stuff and then look at the numbers and be like, okay. And having, you know, especially our analytical guys with the Rockies run me through stuff. What is our process? How do we analyze guys? What do we believe in makes a good player? What makes a good team player and what makes a good individual player that, you know, what, what do we need to do for this guy to help them be better that maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't fit here, but he fits somewhere else. So because that's all you're trying to do is just make the best players you possibly can. And you're trying to win at every level. And I think that's something now I think the Rockies are, you know, taking a little bit better position on is winning. They want to win at every level. I think you should. And 
I, I say, you know, you look at Tampa, they win it. They won at every level last year and they're a good team. So they obviously take that seriously and it shouldn't be, it's, it's gotta be about winning. You gotta learn how to win. You know, all the numbers matter and that's great, but you gotta learn how to win too. So, yeah. So I think there's, I, I, I like where the game's at. It can get a little over, over analyzed sometimes, but I think if you have the right mindset and keep it about baseball and that's what matters is the, the product on the field and, you know, and, so yeah, but yeah, it's just it, it's I've had to go through that and not overanalyze myself, overanalyze things, go down some rabbit holes with some numbers. But I think I'm figuring my process out, and I've had a lot of help with you know the front office people, with the analytical department, and and my buddies who who love this stuff too. Yeah, Jordan, you mentioned regulating emotion. I'm just curious, what it is you mean by that, and <clears throat> what's the best kind of a advice or, or way that you have going about regulating your emotion when you're, when you're a hitter. So that, that to me is like one of the most important parts of hitting. I, I feel like we, it's good. We have a good swing, right? We, we can, we can look on Instagram. We can follow all the guru. We can have a perfect swing and then we can have a great approach but literally when it comes down to is, okay, when you swing and miss, what happens? Like when you're stepping out of that box and you got that 15 seconds, what is your process? How are you getting locked in? What, you know, what are you doing to stay in the moment? And that's, that's something I think that gets lost, you know, and that's the only piece. Like I, I, I think that a lot of these guys are really good coaches who didn't play at the highest level. And I think they, they bring a lot to the table. And I think they're great for the game. Um, but it's it's that one piece of being in the box and being able to help a guy understand how do you breathe? What do you need to focus on? How, how do you regulate yourself in that moment where, yeah, okay, you did swing and miss at a curveball that was 30 feet. Everybody is laughing at you. What do you do now? You know, kind of thing. Like, how do you handle those situations? Or, yeah, you just went three for three. And, you know, you're close to, you know, you, you're, you're going to want to go four for four. Are you going to give in right here and just be like, oh, I'm good. I'm three for three. No, like, you know, competing. I think that's, that's the word I'm looking for is how do you compete, regulate your emotions and compete in those moments. And I think that's something that's kind of missed in the game right now when you kind of don't have, you know, a guy who's been there, but, you know, that's kind of what I mean by, I guess, regulating your emotions in that moment. Yeah, and the, the pro game is at a really interesting spot because there is a lot more emotion being shown. I mean, when you think about the Tatises and Baez's and even pitchers like Bowers and all that stuff, right? Um, mm -hmm. Emotion is being shown a lot more. Um, and so it is, it's a really interesting balance. Is that something that you enjoy watching about the pro game? Or is that something that's, <laughs> you know, being an old school guy, maybe, you know, don't like all that stuff? What do you think? I... You know, I'm not too old school where, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, man, don't be flipping your bat and stuff. Um, you know, I'm not yelling at the TV and, you know, sending out hate tweets when some guys see a guy do that. Um, I never played like like my I, that was just how I grew up. I never played like that. Um, my dad always said, hey, you just act like you've done it before all the time. And that that was just how I was raised. And I never, you know. You know, but I didn't hit 450 foot homers, so I don't know. Maybe if I would have <laughs> hit some 450 foot homers, I would have been flipping the bat more. You know, if I hit a homer, I was I was like, I don't know if that's getting out here. I'm gonna run as hard as I can to first. But I, I think it's good. I think emotion's great for the game. I think the fans love it, and that's that's the thing. Fans like it. I think that 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 brings out some competitive edge in some guys, like the banter back and forth. And I think that's what the game's about. As long as you can do it respectfully and you're not trying to show the guy up, I think it's great because all those guys are, you're the best players in the world. These are the best players in the world. They should be able to have fun and, and, and do what they were born to do. And I think we should be able to watch them do it in, in their own special way. So I, I'm not totally against, I think it kind of gets ridiculous when the bat goes a little, you know, or you're, you know, you're, carrying the bat for so long or whatever or you're flipping it you know 
I don't know what the at the height is where I'm like, yeah, that's a little high. Um, but yeah, hey, big moment, big spot, walk off, go ahead in the you know eighth inning. Off relievers are tough, you know, or big strikeout in a moment, you know. Gosh, man, you got to show it. Like I think that's what helps these guys keep competing and give. That's what that's how they perform. That's that's how you get the best out of them. So. I don't know where the line is. I don't know where the line is. Maybe as a coach, I'll be You'll a little it. more on it. Yeah, I'll find <laughs> it when, like, when I got a guy running off the mound after he punched out four of my guys in a row. Like, maybe I'll find that line for myself. Yeah. What are you gonna do when your center fielder <laughs> bat flips a double? You know, what's well, your reaction gonna be then? <laughs> I guess you're just gonna have to to look and see on that ML MILB. Uh, <laughs> YouTube when it comes on what I do we'll have to get a hold of Albuquerque to just have a camera right on you <laughs> right. The isotopes are hitting well hopefully I don't show too much emotion right I'll just you know maybe yeah we'll see we'll see but you know <laughs> I want these guys to have fun I want them to because you don't know how long you're going to do this either you don't know how long you're going to play so I, I want them to have fun I want them to enjoy themselves but you know respect the competition respect where they're at yeah, I mean, you were you were totally a, a launch pail kind of guy, and you played a lot of different positions. I'm just curious, one position you got to pick. What are you playing? Are you catching? Are you playing a corner? What are you doing? Man, I gosh, if I'm real, I I grew up playing second base, like, and then I never played that position when I got into pro baseball. So I I always loved that position, um, but you know, I I. I think catcher, I, I really enjoyed catcher and I wish I could have, you know, become like a better catcher. Um, but there was just, I don't think I, 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 you know, the time thing was always a crunch for me. It's just, you know, I didn't have, I don't know if I had enough time to do it, but I would have loved, I mean, I, I respect so many catchers and how they handle themselves and how they play the game and they got to call the game. They got to handle their pitching staff. And then especially the guys that can hit even, you know, man, those guys are unbelievable and throwing guys out block and coming, showing up every day. I think that's just the position that it needs to get paid more. I think yeah. <laughs> I know what they pay some of these guys <laughs> to go out there every day and do it. So yeah, they really can work that into the CBA. Like, Hey, catchers need a little pay raise. Yeah, always leaving with five or six more bruises than you came in with, right? Yeah, man. Yep, yep. And you got to do it the next day too. So yeah. Uh, what What's your favorite? What was your favorite moment in the pros? Uh, yeah, I mean your your favorite moment. I, I you know I I think just getting called. I mean your first call up is pretty sweet, and being able to run on the field and you have all those emotions kind of going through you. You've already, you've already ran it through your head, you know, a million times that, you know, seeing yourself running the field, you're, you're, you're feeling the dirt, you're doing all those things. You're, you know, you're getting the ground ball off of the perfect grass. You know, you, I think that's, that's the moment I, I think is, is I hold dear to my heart the most. And then, you know, you get in the box and then all of a sudden that first pitch comes at you and, you're like, man, and you can see every seam on the baseball. You're like, man, these lights are fantastic. You know, it's the, first, the only time you can never complain about the lights again. You know, everywhere, everywhere, at least you can do that. Like double A, maybe some triple A. You can be like, ah, oh, man, the lights aren't good today. That's why. Big leagues, you can't do that because those lights are fantastic. Do you, does Albuquerque still have that hill out in center field? Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they do still have the hill. I thought they were going to get rid of it at one time, but they still got it out there. Because I know, I mean, Houston got rid of their hill, so I was like, oh, Albuquerque's next. But they left it in there. So. Yeah. yeah, our boy, uh, we talked to Winton Bernard at the end of last okay. season. Um, yeah. And he made a catch on the hill late yeah, last season that one yeah sat on his butt and just waved to the fans like hey guys yeah that <laughs> was stupid oh man yeah i got to play there and all you know all through college and we actually had a, a center fielder who figured it out and he was really he could run up that thing matt foot he could run up that thing and catch anything i was like you know then i see guys you know i go to some of these games and those guys get it for the first time and you know they they fall and they don't even make it up but it's a, it's a skill. It's definitely a skill. Yes, it is. 
I want to go back to your call up. Do you remember where you were when you got the call or like what that moment was when you're like, Hey, you're, you're making it, you're making the show. Yeah. We, it was our last game in Colorado Springs, um, 2011. We were, we were done. I had my car packed up, you know, it's only a six hour drive to Albuquerque. So I was, you know, had all plans to just, you know, go home. Cause I mean, I, 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 I had an okay year. I was catching and stuff, but mm-hmm. Um, and they did put me at third the last two games of of the season for some reason. They were like, "Can you play third? I'm like, "Well, yeah, but I haven't even put me there in four years. So um, but yeah, let's like, I guess they're like, oh, they just want to see if you can play. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. So they put me there the last two games, and I was like, I don't know what they're doing. And then game was over, and they like, hey, you're going up, you know, you know, Stu Cole called me in. I was like, hey, you're getting called up. You're going up tomorrow. I'll just you know drive up to Denver I was like oh all right cool and then and he's like you're gonna start at third base I was like man you guys really know how to <laughs> just make really it easy surprise me. yeah make it easy on the first time yeah it's all right we figured it out for a little bit well, that's crazy who was your first uh, at bat against actually it was it was really nice I got to face Josh Colmenter we were playing the Diamondbacks and I had previously caught him in the fall league in 2010. So, you know, we become good friends and I'd caught him. So it was like, Oh, I wasn't, I didn't have to worry about the scouting report or anything. And, it, you know, I wasn't getting an overpowering 95. I was getting, you know, 88, 90 mile an hour fast with good change up and everything else. But, you know, um, so yeah, it was, that, that was the first guy I got to face and first hit. So I kind of want to dive into a little bit of your time with the Rockies because it just from an outside perspective, it's a very unique career that you had because for one, they're sticking you at third and you don't really have much experience there. And then you also like you hit 309 your rookie year, you're sixth in the rookie of the year voting. And then that's when like, that's kind of when I really started following the Rockies at a close level. And you start hearing about Nolan Arenado and there's also Todd Helton playing first. So like, I just like, just kind of diving into that mental aspect. Uh, I mean, did the whole like Nolan talk, like it's, it's gotta be a unique experience having a guy like that, like a Bryce Harper, (laughs) Steven Strasburg type player coming up behind you and, you don't really know what's going to happen, you know, especially after having a successful rookie year. Um, how, how do you think that that affected you? Um, yeah, I, so like they, it was, it was really interesting, right? We did, you know, they, they, I, I made the team in 2012 and I'm out of camp and we had, um, we had Chris Nelson and he was going to, he was playing third. So he was playing third. I was kind of going to be, they didn't really know what to do with me at that point. So I made the team. And then I think I started one game at third base. And, and I remember I I made a play in Houston and it was like the backhand and I threw the ball to first and um, totally threw it like over the thing, like I, you know, over the first baseman's head. And we came into the locker room, we were there, Dan O'Dowd came in and was like, Hey man, don't worry. Like you stay, you know, you're, you're fine. You're going to, we're not sending you down. Everything's going to be good. And then literally the next day I got sent back down and I was like, okay, well, (laughs) I guess, uh, so, so I got sent back down and they're like, well, you're going to play third here. And you know, we don't think Nolan's ready yet, which again, like, like I said in the beginning, right. You got to be in the right spot at the right time kind of thing. You got to get lucky. Um, and that's kind of what it was for me. I think Nelson, Nelson got hurt they really didn't want to send anybody else up and they were kind of in a rebuilding year. And so they sent me up there and I was playing well in AAA. Um, and then I kind of got to stay there the rest of the year. And then kind of same thing, kind of coming into the next year in 13, they didn't know what to do with me. We had Nolan, like Nolan was going to be there eventually. Like he was coming. Um, they didn't know how they didn't, I, I, their expectations for Nolan were not what Nolan has done. 
So they thought he was, you know, they thought he was going to be good, but they, I think, I think the scouting report was like his defense was questionable. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he got, right. Like, yeah. So, um, so yeah, but then he got kind of, he got called up and, um, the, you know, and then we had Todd and I think we had Willie and Rosario behind the dish who they really, you know, they wanted to give a good shot. We had Ramon, Ramon Hernandez, too, I think, as a backup. So there really wasn't, like, a spot. I mean, then we had DJ and Josh Rutledge and Tulo. So it was kind of like, okay, you're going to be a super utility guy. They just kind of made a spot for me. and But it was tough. Like, I mean, that I learned a lot about myself. I got to pinch hit, which was great. And I think this stuff is going to help me in my coaching career. I got to do that and learn how to do that. You only learn how to pinch hit when you're in the big leagues. That's – you don't learn that anywhere else. They're not sending your, you know, prospects aren't, they're like, Hey, we're going to teach you how to pinch hit in double a, you know, you're only doing that in the show. I got to learn that. I got to play the outfield. I got to do so many things that I never, you know, would have been able to do. And I think that's just going to help me for my coaching. But yeah, it was, there was nights I'd come home and it, it was a mental struggle. I was, you know, I got maybe two at bats in two weeks and, I'm hitting like a buck 20, but I have 10 at bats and I'm panicking because I've never been in that situation before. Um, you know, I'm calling my mom and I'm being like, I, th I think I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore kind of thing. And I'm like, she's like, you're in the big leagues. Like, just calm down kind of thing. So, yeah, but it was a unique situation, but I got to, I got to play so many positions. I learned so much about myself. I got to go through so much stuff in the game of baseball that, you know, when a guy now comes to me, I don't think I'm not going to have an answer for him for mm -hmm. something, hopefully. And I really think I'm going to, you know, calm him down a little bit and teach him how to deal with some things because there's a lot that this game throws at you. And again, like I said, you, you got to go through some certain situations to be able to relate to these guys and you got to have that empathy for them. They're going through something that, you know, not many guys get to go through and it's great, but there's a lot, there's a lot that comes with it. So, so yeah, it, it, it was unique, but end of the day I, I i would not change anything maybe a couple home runs that i wish i would have hit but other than that we're good um that that piece where you talked about how you kind of wanted to give up a couple times i mean i don't know if you paid attention but last year um your main uh, mercedes starts mm -hmm. the year the first two months he's hitting <laughs> yeah. 400 and he's retired by like right after the all-star break like right yeah obviously fans don't understand that at all because we don't have any insight into that kind of stuff. But I think that's a really important, important aspect of the game that the mental is really, really difficult. Um, and then you mentioned uh, pinch hitting. What's, what's that like? I mean, why can you only learn that at the major league level? What, I mean, what's the routine like, I guess, I mean, you know that your only shot that day is going to be maybe right. a pinch hitter. Right. So like, what's, what's the day like, if you know that that's going to be maybe your only opportunity that day? Yeah, it actually, and what was really good is I got, you know, a pretty good mentor with that with Jason Giambi when I was, you know, in Colorado and I got to see his process. Cause that's all he did. Like when, and his expectation for when he came out was you better hit a home run. Like we need a home run. Like anytime he was hitting, it was, we need a home run. So seeing a guy like that obviously he had played for a very long time and he knew himself very well but to be able to talk to him about his process watch him you know go go hit off the tee in the fifth inning and then watching him in the seventh and eighth inning you know down underneath like just his eyes closed he's just med you know he's meditating he's doing his own thing he's he's visualizing you know who he's gonna who's he's, who is he gonna face and usually with him it was a little easier because he knew who he was gonna face he's usually if it's if we need you know, he's facing the close, he's facing your guy, the closer, and mm -hmm. we need a, we need a big hit. So, you know, to be able to kind of just, just see him do that. And, you know, it's, I guess you, you only kind of get thrown in that situation in the big leagues because, you know, maybe you'll pinch it a couple of times when you're in triple A or double A. Um, but usually if, you know, you're going to the big leagues, you're, you're playing every day in those, you know, double triple A and big leagues, they kind of transition you and like, eh, you gotta learn, you gotta, you're pinch hitting a day, but maybe the universal DH now, if that comes into play, it won't be as big a deal for the National League. But, you know, you're still going to have guys pinch hitting, and it's something that you got to learn. Does the universal DH make you a little happy that you don't have to coach pitchers how to hit? 
I don't know, man. Hey, like there are some very athletic pitchers and I know they, they talk themselves up a, probably too much sometimes, but you know, all you got to do is go out there and play like a flag football game and you'll see right away, like, okay, that, that's the guy I, he's going to be my you know go-to if we need a, a pitcher to hit, you know, <laughs> oh, he's a starter. Good. Okay. He's going to be able to hit. I can teach him something or you see some of those guys and you're like, uh, that's, we won't even worry. Like, I'm not even going to waste my time right there with that one. Um, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's a whole nother thing. Um, <laughs> but you talked about like your career, like really building you up for like your coaching and like the experiences, like helping you be a coach. Um, couldn't agree more. Like you live, you learn from your experiences, your mistakes, your, your successes. Like it makes you who you are, like a super cool. Um, I guess my question is like, did you ever hear what was like a piece of advice that you had when you were coming up through it that kind of stuck with you? It was like kind of, yeah, that's my go-to every single time. Man, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that, um, that I keep with me. And again, I think it was just when I got to Arizona, and this was just something that was just, you know, really big in my mind at that time. Cause I was, I would, like I said, let's go back to the pinch hitting. I got with a guy named Turner Ward. He was our hitting coach at the time. He's now St. Louis's assistant. He was a Dodgers hitting coach for a while. Um, and he was unbelievable. He, and, and at that time he had, he'd done a lot of pinch hitting in his career too. And um, he just, you know, he would make it so simple for me. And I don't know if it was like one piece of advice, but he would just make it very simple, hit the ball over. Like, it didn't matter who the guy was. He would tell me exactly where to hit the ball. And, and at that point that, that kind of sparked something in my head that sometimes, Hey, it's not about, it's just about, you know, let's keep it external most of the time. Cause a lot of these guys get internal with thoughts and, and we get you, we're in the cage. We're worrying about where our hands are, how everything's feeling. And that was kind of like a big coaching thing that I always kind of want to keep with me now. It's just, if I can just give them that external thought before they go out there and keep it on the pitcher, on the ball, they can do all their work before, but that's the main thing. And that kind of goes down to regulating your emotions and mm -hmm. let's keep it, let's keep it on the field. Where are you going to try to hit this baseball? You know, that was, that was a big thing for me and a big piece of advice that, really stuck because at, at that time I was you know trying to you know anticipate pitches pick them instead of just you know and then I realized that my eyes started working better I started seeing the ball instead of trying to see the ball I was because I was trying to hit the ball in a certain place my approach got better my bats got better especially late in the game so that was this one piece of advice that has always stuck with me and I think will help me definitely being a hitting coach you know, just a little thing to slow everything down and just kind of push everything off to the side. That's, yeah. it's always fun to hear like how that works for certain people. Like, you know, yeah. that doesn't, that might not work for like per se Nolan or something, right? Like that was 100%. You, that coach knew what you needed in that moment. Yeah. And that allows you to slow it down. And that's, 100%. that's huge. That's really cool. I that's, love that. That's a good coach. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good coach. That's why he's that's why he's been in the big leagues for a long time as a hidden coach. Right. right. Yeah. He knows what he's doing up there. Um, speaking of coaching, so we last few weeks ago we mentioned on the pod, like you were got your the hitting coach. We set some expectations for you. Um sick. <laughs> oh, I, like, I like it. I like expectations. Um so do you, I guess the expectations we had for you that the team average would be above 400 and, and an OPS <laughs> yeah. above 900 is, All right. is that's for sure happening, right? I think with the ballpark we're in and the, you know, PCL, I wouldn't see why we couldn't, we couldn't do that. <laughs> so yeah, I think altitude can help you out quite a bit. Right. We, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we get the, yeah. Well, I think it, I mean, Hey, never know. We might have to do this again. And then hopefully we'll see about halfway through if, it, if we're close enough. <laughs> we'll check in at the all-star game. Yeah. You check in at the, yeah. And then if, yeah, I might be fired by then, but Hey, <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. Um, no, we, man, you got a, 
our boys, Winton, Taylor Snyder. Um, you'll probably have Coco Montez. Okay. Willie Mack. Willie Mack maybe will be up there. Um, you you got who do some you guys like? Who do you guys like? Who do you guys like on our squad? I mean, I, I like the guys I just named. Okay. All right. <laughs> Those are our guys. Okay. Um, I mean, are you insider baseball? Colton Welker, Mike Tolia. Do you have any any words names on those guys? Montero, Ularis? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> okay, I, <laughs> I mean, uh, with that, like, have you done any like game planning for your dudes like, that you might see? Mm. Have you started like doing the behind the scene coaching stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've been. I, uh, I think I've been. I you know, I'll be. I got you know. Now I, it's kind of cool. Now you kind of don't have to um, like be physically with guys anymore to 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 see what they you know can do. Kind of you know, I can look at the true media and and look at some things and and kind of get a kind of get a feel for what guys can do well. And then when I'm able to work with them and get in the cage and and see that who they are as a person, their personality then I can kind of match some of those things up and, and, you know, how to talk to them, how to, you know, who, what, who they are as a, you know, as a person, as an athlete, how, how do they play the game? Like you said, do they play with high emotion, low emotion, no emotion. And those things are all going to have to come into, into play, but yeah, I, I can definitely look at, look at things now and get a feel for who these guys are as hitters and then, okay, how do I think I can make them better? And then looking with my our analytical guys, okay, what do you feel we need to do with this guy to make him a better team player, make him a better individual player? How is he going to help us in the big leagues? Like, what kind of player is he going to be? Um, you know, mm-hmm. going to being able to look over some of the guys who were in the big leagues last year, who you know, or who've got you know one or two years under their belt. Like, that's that's cool stuff because that you can look at all that now and like, okay, maybe, maybe I see some things here on this paper that maybe somebody else doesn't see. And let me see if, you know, those things match up when, you know, you get to kind of work with some of these guys. So I think it, yeah, I've been doing, doing some homework and, and which is cool. Cause I can do that now. You don't have to just be with a guy and flip him a baseball or throw it to him or mm-hmm. get in the cage. You can do stuff now. Yeah. You, are you pretty stoked about it? Are you like, have, have you been looking forward to this coaching moment for like a long time? Or is it just like, Hey, when Colorado called you, like that was the moment, like, I guess, what is your, what was your mentality like to start the coaching route? Uh, yeah. I, I had to go through, again, I had to go through some things to get back to this point because I think everybody at a certain point when you're playing in the big leagues and you're getting sent up and sent down, that does a lot to you kind of uh, psychologically, you know, like these guys don't want me. That guy doesn't want me. And then all of a sudden you, you get to free agency and no team's calling you anymore. Like, oh man, you know, but you still feel you can play the game of baseball and you kind of lose that. And, and I, you know, it happens to some of my buddies and then they don't stay in the game and they go do something else, which is totally fine. Um, but I, I, and I lost that for a while, but then I got to go play independent ball and you know kind of be my you know even though I've been my own coach for my whole life but you know you're really your own coach in independent ball nobody's making sure you're going to the field nobody's making sure you're at stretch or anything you're just you're on your own because you love baseball and that kind of brought it back to me and I was like man I really do I love this game I love to play it I love to be in the dugout I love to help guys and then you're getting really young guys all of a sudden and that you know they haven't even made it to double a and they're happy to be there and they're so excited that you're on your their team and you're like man that's what i need i that's what i miss and i need to get that back and that's what independent ball did for me and that in that moment i was like man i really love enjoying helping these young guys because i was able to offer them something and i think when you play for a while you get kind of in your own head and you you don't feel you can offer anybody anything but you play the game for a while, like played it for 15 years professionally. It's like, I do have something to offer these young guys and whether it's just how to put their uniform on or run onto the field, you know, it's something that they appreciate because you're taking the time. So 
yeah, it, it kind of built for me the last couple of years of my career. And then kind of when I was at the end, I was like, man, I, I want to stay in this game. I love it. I love playing it. I want to help guys. Let's, let's see where the next step is. That's yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So like, like, did you like find yourself at independent ball kind of like taking players under your wing, like trying to start the kind of coaching stuff, whether you yeah, knew you, it or not? Oh yeah, for sure. Like you, yeah. you, you help guys one little bit and then, you know, I got a couple chances back in AAA with the Mariners and, and the twins. And then, uh, and that was great because I think with the Mariners, we, we lost Jose Lobaton. Um, he got traded to the Dodgers and he was the oldest guy in the clubhouse. And I was like, you know, I was like, ah, good. And then he, we lost him. And then I was the oldest guy in the clubhouse. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I've accomplished something. I've, I'm now the oldest guy in the clubhouse. <laughs> I, I think this might, we're getting to the end here, but you know, you have the younger guys and it's, it's a young game now. Yeah. We had a bunch of young guys and you know, they were, they were asking me questions. They were looking at me how, you know, I handle myself in situation. I was definitely, I was definitely looked at as a mentor and somebody they could uh, rely on for, for anything on the field, off the field. So you kind of get thrown into that the longer you play the game and you enjoy that because it's something you can offer and then it's something you can give back to the game and then to these younger kids. Yeah. Makes sense. I love that. I get that. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, let's, we usually end with some fun questions. Um, but I mean, you're the seasoned vet, so we're gonna switch up the fun questions a little bit. Don't nothing too scary. Um, okay. <laughs> first question: Can you name absolutely every single team that you've played for since 2007? Minor league. Oh man. A minor league, <laughs> independent, winter ball. I mean, I bet. I, how long do I get? Do I get like thirty seconds or something? You can take as long as you want. <laughs> well, I started like Casper, Casper, Wyoming. So the Casper Rockies, and then Tri City Dust Devils, and I went to Asheville. Uh, then I went to Modesto, so Modesto Nuts, Asheville Taurus. Then I was part of the Scottsdale um, Scorpions, and then Colorado Springs Sky Sox, and then. I did play Team USA, so that was mm -hmm. I think after, um, and then, and then Rockies, and got back to the Sky Sox, Rockies back to the Sky Sox, <laughs> um, then the Diamondbacks, and then the Reno Aces, and then I think I went Diamondbacks maybe, yeah, and then Cincinnati Reds, then I went to Louisville for a little bit. Louisville Bats, and I got to play with the Gwinnett Braves, and then I mean, if we're then I went to the Long Island Ducks, then I went to the Minnesota Twins, but I and then well, I didn't play for them. I played for the um, Rochester yeah. Red Hawks, the Red Hawks. Yep, Red Wings. Red Wings. Oh, I'd have missed. Dang it! Dang it! Um, Red Wings. Then I played for Monclova Acereros. Yeah. Well, then I forgot all the uh, like I forgot all the Dominican. I did play for the Toros and yeah. uh, La Romana, um, Escogido, the Leones. Um, then I played for the San Francisco Gigantes in Dominican. Mm -hmm. Then I played for um, the Lexington Legends. And I think that's it. You missed one. I counted two. I counted two misses. You counted but maybe two. I'm wrong. I don't know. You missed uh, missed the Tulsa Drillers. Yeah, oh, I played for the Tulsa. Why did I forget? How did I forget the Tulsa Drillers? I was there a month. I think. Yeah. Yeah. In 21 games. Yeah. Um, I didn't catch the other one. Um, I think it was Escogito. Oh, Escogito. The uh, Leones. Yeah, no, he, okay. he gave it. So you got that. Yeah, I missed one. Oh man, that's pretty good. Dang. That's a lot. To remember. <laughs> that was impressive. And you went, I guess you were going in your mind down your career. That was, I was, yeah, I was trying to do that. That was the simplest way. <laughs> so, kind of a follow up to that, what was your favorite uniform? Yeah, I was gonna ask the same one. 
I mean, my favorite uniform, you can't, to me, you can't beat the, the Rockies, like, cutoffs, the black ones. Yeah. Those are, like, my favorite unis ever to put on. Like, I, I, I mean, any big league uniform is my favorite uniform to ever put on, but <laughs> um, that one. Um, and then definitely being able to wear, like, you know, Jackie Robinson, like, th those uniforms are really sweet. Like, when everybody's wearing those and it's just that, – that's a cool – that's obviously a cool thing to be a part of. And I got to keep one of – I think my Cincinnati Reds won, which that's sweet. is really cool. That's sweet. Um, parenthood. As parents, I have three kids under four. James oh, E. has goodness. one that's fresh, what, four months? Yeah, uh, that's why he's rubbing his eyes. Like, yeah. like, like, when is this over so I can sleep? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little different. Um, how cool, like, how cool was it, like, to bring your kids to the ballpark to watch you play ball to be part of it? Like, I think they're still young. You, your kids are still young, so they don't yeah. quite get it, I'm sure. But, like, it's got to be something cool for you to, like, to bring them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, That that's... I remember guys bringing their kids into the to the locker room. I remember Mike Kadire bringing his boy in, and he'd walk around and give everybody high fives, and he'd know everybody's name, like first and last name. And <laughs> I think he was like four or five, and I'm like, how does he? That's do adorable. That? Yeah, it was unbelievable. But like those moments, you're like, you know, I wasn't married or I didn't have a girlfriend at the time either, and I was like, man, it'd be really cool to have. A and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't need that right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of the coolest things. And that's kind of, you know, along the lines of still wanting to learn about the game, but having my kids come and my daughter got to experience that she was, she's four now, my little boy's two, two and a half, almost three, but she got to come to the games in Seattle and she loved it. Like, she loved the the music in between she was dancing and she had friends there and you know triple a you know got a couple more kids because he got a little older, older older team but and she was loving it and she remembers that so 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 well and she'll just like bring things up from like when are we going back to tacoma i'm like what do you remember you were two like <laughs> i gotta think like that was half her life ago like like wasn't that long ago so yeah that's why i kind of wanted to play that last like last year in lexington i wanted my boy to experience it come to the locker room hang out with the guys because he didn't he's not gonna maybe when he's older but he's not he had no idea if it was you know coors field or you know legends park he didn't care he wanted to come to the locker room he wanted to throw the ball around wanted to run the bases and and yeah that's that's special and being able to have that as a dad man you look back and go, man, I wish I would have had kids a little bit earlier <laughs> or just been a, or just been a better baseball player. One of the, <laughs> so. that's, I, that's great to hear. I, one of my favorite things is taking my boys to the ball games. And like you said, yeah. like your little girl dancing and bopping. I took my kids to a hockey game last night, uh, just me oh, and yeah. two oldest ones. And they were okay. clapping and saying, let's go Griffins. And like, but my two year old was just, hilarious just popping popcorn and yelling let's go oh. it, it, it was <laughs> a cool dad moment. Popcorn. It, right yeah. yeah you're a cool dad moment right there man and they won't forget that for a long time like no. they're already asking when they'll... are we going again yeah and probably when can they have popcorn like are we getting popcorn too that's yeah. the only thing they wanted to go <laughs> there you go <laughs> whatever it was it was fun it was cool um fix baseball for us extra inning rules so do you – I don't know how I want to ask this. So I want to get your thoughts on it, but also that the Pioneer League is doing a sudden death thing where they play an extra inning. So tied at nine, okay. they play a tenth inning. After the tenth, if it's still tied, they play sudden death rules where you literally flip a coin and you pick offense or defense. And if the offense doesn't score, the defensive team wins. Um, and then if the offense does score – the offensive team wins. An offense gets a runner on first base. That was the kicker. Just on first, though. Yeah, yeah just on first. No outs. No oh, outs. Man. What do I think about that? Yeah. You down, or how do you fix that? <laughs> just, <laughs> what can we add to the CBA? We can email your boss real quick. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hope they want to hear from me. 
man i don't know i i i see the benefit of some of that stuff like at the lower levels um oh. you know you got some long bus rides um yeah you don't want to do 22 innings bro yeah you know you do have an extensive ross like expanded roster down there though too like you can literally i think you can have i don't know how many guys on that roster um so I, I do. I don't know if I would do the sudden sudden death thing. I, I got to be a part of the the one last year um, in in uh, gosh what yeah was it I guess that was the because um, the Pioneer League that's the uh, that's the independent league right yeah yeah so like yeah I got to be a part of that one last year because I was coaching in Grand Junction for a little bit for like a month and it was sudden death home run derby yeah those home run derby and. <laughs> I got to like watch one and it was, I mean, it was cool, I guess it wasn't baseball, but it was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody was excited. Like the, the, I think we got to the 12th inning or something and they're like, okay, I think you had like two extra innings and then you got to go home run derby and you got to pick your one guy and you need a good BP thrower, obviously for that. Um, but yeah, I don't know about, man, I, <laughs> I don't know. I think there's something to like teaching a guy how to grind through 15 innings and then get on a bus and then you got to go do it again the next day. I know, you know, they don't want, you know, injuries is a big thing, especially at that level. And they're trying to keep everybody safe, but you know, I think there's something to that mental aspect. You're trying to see what guys can play the game day in and day out. You know, you don't want 22 innings. No, you know, (laughs) like James said, but man, yeah, I don't, that's a tough one maybe they're messing with it too much i don't know i don't know we'll check but, back in with you once you have yeah, some, yeah. Some games on your belt see what you think yeah um i don't know how i didn't ask this earlier but this will be our last question um the robo ups are coming to albuquerque the triple a um you can keep your thoughts to yourself you don't have to go down that road no. but like, how how do you no let's how, go how do you coach let's, that we'll talk about them how do I coach? Well, uh, like, or how is that going to change everything? I guess give us a baseball perspective on that. So I got to experience it last year in the Atlantic League, and you know, I there. So there's different systems. There's obviously TrackMan has theirs, and I think we use TrackMan in the Atlantic League. And I think what the big leagues use, and I think what we're going to use is Hawkeye. I don't know if you guys are familiar with any of that stuff. Um, it's supposed to be so the the track man is just uh i think it's just doppler it's just like a sensor that it, it just you know it gets picks the ball up and then where hawkeye's like video on top of that so you kind of are getting two things that are analyzing the the pitch spin and rotation and speed and where it you know the proximity of where it crosses the plate so i think it's going to be a, i think it's going to be more accurate um the only thing i didn't like about it is is it took a while. Like there was a delay, like once the pitch crossed the plate, there was like, you know, a good two seconds before, you know, it got relayed to the ear and then it was a striker ball call. So, you know, again, like, I think it's good for the game if it makes it better. And if it makes it entertaining for the fans, like if, if it, if it does that, it's good. But if it starts, you know, impacting the game, cause I know it didn't work all the time. It didn't work all the time. It, we had delays because the, the the iPhone fell out of the back pocket. It was just like, what are we doing here? Just let the guys, you know, call the call the pitches. And right. so, again, if it can make the game better, and we feel that it makes the game better, and it helps these guys play it better, then I think you know I'll, I'll be for it. But again, we got to let this thing. If they're really serious about it, you gotta you gotta use it. Which, you know. I think you know you got to use it because it's 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 collecting data, so it needs to be run and it needs to have its mistakes and it needs to be corrected and so it could be the best thing you know so it could be at its best. Um, but yeah, it's you can't argue as much anymore. I mean, you can like, you, but <laughs> arguments go down. We didn't have anybody yelled like thrown out because of a bad strike call or a a missed call from the the pitcher, but. Yeah, it's it's something new. Obviously, these I mean, guys I, are gonna have to get used to it. 
Yeah. That had to just kind of add to the frustration, though. If it's like a borderline pitch and like nobody even knows if it's a striker ball, <laughs> you know, like if it's like a three two count and the guy's walking to first and then like three seconds later, he's like, you're out. You yeah, know? That's and that happened plenty of times like that. We and any of guys having to like stand there and wait. And the only thing it really affected, though, was, you know, say you have a guy at first base, he takes off, you have a three two count. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, do you like you kind of just have to throw it at that point? Um, and that I don't like if that if it's going to be like that, that's, you know, with the umpire, you're, you're talking to him. You're like, hey, I need I need a, a early call right here. Like call it as fast as you can, because I know this guy's stealing, you know, and usually they do a really good job of that. You know, with a robo umpire, you're not going to get that. Mm-hmm. You know? So we'll see if it we'll see. We'll see how it works. We'll see. You know, because I think that's a big part of the game that's coming back is that, you know, kind of realizing that 90 feet is really, really special. You know, if you can get 20 percent, you know, better chance of scoring a run, that's, you know, that's something that, you know, guys are going to need. And you saw it in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens with that thing. Yeah, there's a lot extra. There's a lot more to it. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, the delay is kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, Jordan, thanks for hanging out um this was a blast for us this was kind of this was a big deal for us so thank you for letting us live that dream yeah no problem thank you guys and i appreciate your time thank you again i said like you're the perfect man for the job and i'm excited to see what you do down there well i appreciate it if we're hitting like 200 please don't call me or (laughs) grab me or anything (laughs) so but i appreciate it it. thank you guys yeah all right thanks Thanks, man. man Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.